0: Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is the hope of the world. He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. If you do not know Him, you are living in darkness. Jesus came to the earth as the hope for all of mankind. And I am going to spend the next two programs introducing you to Jesus. Join me for another exciting edition of The End Time Show. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins. I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon on The End Time Show. And that's right. Jesus Christ is the Messiah, and He's the hope of the entire world. He is the way. He is the truth, and He is the life. And if we don't know Him, then we're living in complete, utter darkness. He came to the earth. As the hope for all of mankind and if we don't know that these things are true then we may be out there wondering whether we should be a, a Buddhist or maybe a Muslims okay or if God even exists at all and once we come face to face with this pivotal truth that Jesus came into this world and he is God manifest in the flesh then we can realize that he is the pivotal plan for the universe. Now many people are looking for answers, but we only need one answer. Jesus is the answer, everyone. The answer is not in the government. The answer is not in, how much do I have in my bank account? The answer is not in, well I've got more education than you, even though there's nothing wrong with education. The answer is not in your societal status, Or the answer is not in the next drug or your next therapy session the answer to true happiness to a healing to deliverance and salvation is only found in Jesus Christ and we're gonna talk about that today first let me mention a sponsor of ours first cup coffee you know as you can imagine we're essentially working around the clock to keep up with the news, certainly energized by our God-given purpose, but thankful that we are fueled by First Cup Coffee. They're a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company out of the great state of Texas. They've got 11 different roasts. So go to firstcup.com, use code ENTIME to get 10% off. If you subscribe, get another 10% off. So go to firstcup.com, use code ENTIME to get 10% off today. Now, there is a major prophecy that's found in Isaiah chapter seven fourteen, And the reason I wanted to do this program today and tomorrow, today's part one, tomorrow's part two, is because there are people searching for everything now. I mean, what, where's, what, what's the next thing that can make me feel good? What's the next thing that can help me out of the trouble I'm in? Or uh, what's the meaning to life? Or, you know, just trying to find something of fulfillment. You can never fill that void without knowing Jesus Christ. So let me let's talk about him today. There's a major prophecy. It's found in Isaiah 7 14. The Bible says, Therefore the Lord Himself shall go with you, shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Well, Matthew one that's an Old Testament prophecy of the coming Messiah. Matthew 1.18, the Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they had come together, before they had been intimate, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. So, let's start right there. Let's start with the birth of Jesus. Why? because a lot of people on earth cannot tell you the story. A lot of people on earth do not, will not even acknowledge him this year. This, I mean, we're a week away from Christmas right now. And a lot of people, Jesus Christ is not even on their radar. There are so many efforts to drive God and Jesus and the name of Jesus out of society. I made up my mind that this coming year, I will mention the name Jesus more than I ever have in my entire life. It's my goal to make sure that Jesus Christ is on the radar of every person I come in contact with. Because without a relationship with Jesus Christ, there's no eternal home with Him, right? You've got to know Him and He has to know you. The Bible says there will be those that stand before Him someday and say, hey, didn't we do many mighty works in your name? Didn't we cast out demons and all these other things? And He's going to say, Depart from me, you work of iniquity. I don't even know who you are. So how do you have a right relationship with Jesus Christ? It's of utmost importance. So, let's talk about the birth of Jesus. Many of you know the story, but imagine yourself being a young woman. The Bible says, a virgin shall conceive, right? Well, imagine yourself being a young woman, engaged to be married, and all of a sudden you have this life-changing visitation from an angel saying that you're going to have a child. And you immediately state the obvious, well, that's not possible. I've never been intimate with a man. And the angel says, well, the Holy Ghost will come upon you, and that holy thing conceived in you shall be of the Holy Ghost. Now, you've got another problem, because you've got to explain this to your fiancé. And you know, I've often thought, if I were Mary, I mean how how would you put yourself in her shoes? How would you have handled this situation? I mean, I can just imagine Joseph and Mary, and then you know, they're both sitting there on the front porch and you know they' they're these they're both devout young people. They're Jewish people. But I can imagine that um, you know they're all sitting there on the front porch with a glass of iced tea, and Mary says to Joseph, you know, Joseph, I've been reading some interesting scriptures in the Bible and I've come across one that I really I'd really like your opinion on and I could just imagine Mary opening the Bible to Isaiah 714 therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign (coughs) behold excuse me a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel well uh, okay I'm engaged to be married this woman we've never had Uh, intimate relations and the Bible said she quotes quotes the scripture Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us so I can imagine Mary saying uh, Joseph have you ever read this scripture before what do you think about that and I can see Joseph looking at the scripture and going wow behold a virgin shall conceive you know what what what's Mary trying to say here I mean it's a sort of strange that Mary would be fixated on that one verse. So he may have said, uh, Mary, what are you trying to tell me? And here's where the rubber's gonna meet the road. You know, perhaps with a tear trickling down her face, she says, I gotta tell you something, Joseph, and it's going to be the hardest thing for you to believe ever. And she says, An angel appeared to me. And he told me I was going to have a child. Now, you're a a young man engaged to be married to this beautiful young Jewish lady. And she tells you she's gonna have a child. And Mary says, this angel told me I was gonna have a child, but I, and I told him that that was impossible. I'm a virgin. But the angel, she said, the angel told me that I was going to have a child that would be produced by the Holy Ghost. The the, the presence of God was going to overshadow me, and I was going to conceive. Well, of course, Joseph, you know, he's trying to weigh all this, and he says, Mary, do you expect me to believe that? I mean, this is the most incredible story anybody's ever made up. Obviously, you're pregnant, and it's not my child. We know that for 100%. And I'm supposed to marry you, and now you've come up with this Fantastic story. Now, you imagine what they went through. The mother and father of Jesus. Well, I just imagine that Joseph left that day very troubled, right? But it wasn't. But a short. And I. Well, I. I should. They. They call him the father of Jesus, but you'll understand the story as we go along. But, you know, Joseph, obviously, he probably left and said, I, I gotta go think about this. But it wasn't but a short time later that the angel of the Lord again appeared to Joseph and he said, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take Mary unto thee thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now he's got an angel telling him the same story. He's corroborating Mary's story. And You know, Mary didn't know if she'd ever see Joseph again, he left in a huff, right? Because if she truly had been unfaithful to him, who would really blame Joseph for walking out on her and never coming back? However, it wasn't but a few days that here he comes walking down the road, she's sitting on the porch, and he walks up, and he takes Mary in his arms, and he said, Mary, the Lord has appeared to me as well. I know you're telling me the truth, and we are going to be married. Well, many things happen, and they, you know, they reunite, and so you guys know, I'm going to skip a few things here for the sake of time, but you guys know the story. I mean, they, they were uh, become husband and wife. They made their way to Bethlehem to be taxed and to be included in the worldwide uh, Roman census. And, of course, when they get down there, is about ready to have the baby, and they go to the, all the ends, and they're full, and they go to this one end, and, you know, uh, there's no place at the ends. They're full. Finally, Joseph, in desperation, looks at this one final innkeeper, and he said, look, man, my wife is getting ready to have a baby, I mean, right now. The, the contractions are just a few minutes apart. I mean, it's, we're right there. And I've got to have a place immediately. And the innkeeper said, Look, man, I, I just told you all the hotels are full. My hotel's full. The whole world is in motion right now, going to this crazy Roman taxation and census and everything. And Joseph said, Well, look, I, we're desperate. I, I noticed there's a stable out there. Would you mind? I am desperate. And the innkeeper, he was moved with compassion and he said, Certainly, go ahead. Well, of course, they go out there and they clean it up and they get Mary laid down and he, you know, he's trying to keep her warm and they, and uh, of course, you guys know the story, the child is born. Well, and of course, it's Jesus Christ. Well, in the meantime, there are some shepherds out on the hills watching their flock by night. When we go to Israel, I'll tell this story out at the shepherd's fields. Well, it was just another night of them guys watching sheep and all of a sudden the sky becomes illuminated and they hear these angelic voices and they're saying glory to God in the highest peace on earth goodwill toward men for unto us is born this day in the city of David right here in Bethlehem a savior which is Christ the Lord now imagine these shepherds they are scared out of their mind what would you do and that was not a usual experience right however these angels said and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. You're not going to see him in a hospital bed somewhere. This baby is going to be has been born in a stable and he's laid in a manger. And this is the second sign. Remember, the first sign was behold, the Lord shall give you a sign, a virgin shall conceive. Now we have sign number 2. So I can see these shepherds they go up and they're knocking on the door. They're trying to find. They're going to the stables. And inside there's Joseph, Mary, and a baby laid in a manger. Well, of course, inside Joseph goes to the door. He opens it and he says, hello. And they say, sir, uh, we don't know how to tell you this, but we just had an angelic visitation saying that the Messiah, they knew who the Messiah was. They'd been expecting him to come. They knew the prophecies. But we had an angelic visitation and said, the Messiah is here. Is he here? And Joseph, now remember what happened to Joseph and Mary. It's a miraculous event prior. Well, Joseph is hit with the reality of what a marvelous supernatural thing that he's involved in. And he says, well, come on in, guys. And I can see those shepherds, as they walked in, they dropped to their knees before the manger bowing their heads giving obeisance and worshiping the Christ child now I can see Mary as she looked over at Joseph while this is going on knowing the struggles that he had with unbelief and doubts and she looked at him and he looked at her and I'm sure I'm getting goosebumps telling the story yikes and I'm sure there was a big tear that trickled down one side of her cheek, and Joseph nodded. They were looking at each other. They locked eyes, and Mary said, "I know." If nobody, Joseph said, "You know, I know, Mary. I, if nobody else knows, I know. We're going to face ridicule and things for like for this for the rest of our life. But I know that this is a miraculous event that we're event that we're witnessing. Well." It wasn't too much later until wise men came from the east, and they had been given a a special sign. A star had guided them uh, to Jerusalem uh, just a few miles away. And, of course, they stopped by Herod's place to see if they could find out where the Christ child was born. And they thought, well, surely the king, Herod the Great, would know all about this. So they went to his place, and they said to him, where is he? that is born king of the Jews, for his star has appeared to us in the east. And Herod said, well, I don't know. Let's find out where the Messiah is supposed to be born. So they sent for the chief priest and said, where is the Messiah to be born? And they said, well, that's an easy one. Micah 5, 2. Behold thou Bethlehem Ephrathah, that thou be little amongst the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be a ruler of Israel." whose going forth has been from old, from everlasting. The wise men, they thanked Herod, and Herod said, Well, well, hold on. By the way, when you find him, please come tell me that I may come and worship him as well. But that was a lie. He didn't want to go worship him. He wanted to kill him, because he saw him as a threat to his position as king of the Jews. So, the wise men left, and sure enough, they found Jesus there's another knock on the door Joseph opens the door and here's these people and obviously wealthy people and they have gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh now the mention of gold here let me mention another sponsor Birch Gold you know that when we talk about world governments and all these different things going on right now trying to impose digital currencies and digital IDs on everyone It could allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products, to freeze your bank accounts, and and it just gives the government more control over your finances. It's what it's it's headed towards. So there are some concerned Americans that are diversifying their assets into physical gold. Not gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but gold. And they're doing it with the help help of Birch Gold Group. If you want physical assets that are held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, Go to birchgold.com slash endtime to get a free info kit on gold. If you've got an IRA or a 401k from a a previous employer just gathering dust, Birch Gold can help you convert that into an IRA in gold. I don't think they had these back in Jesus' time, but you never know. And, of course, doing this, you won't pay a penny out of pocket. So go to birchgold.com slash endtime. Claim your free info kit on gold, because if these digital currencies and different things become a reality, you may want to wish you had some gold to fall back on. Now, the wise men, they said, well, we've come to worship the Messiah. Now, you know, and Joseph now, by the, everybody's stopping by, he's starting to get used to this, and they said, well, come on in. So, we see these men of prestige as they humbly bow before the creator of the universe in a baby form and they worshiped him and they gave their gifts of gold, and frankincense and myrrh and then God appears to them warning them not to go back to Herod the Great. So they went home another way. Well it dawned on Herod that the wise men had deceived him and he said well I'll get this Messiah figure anyway and he made an order that all the children in Bethlehem two years old of age and down had to be put to death. Well, Well what a horrible slaughter it was. Imagine Two-year-old babies and under. Well, every child um, was killed. And he was using like a dragnet method to, uh, if I can't find the child, I'll, I'll kill them all. But God is always one step ahead of the devil because God had already appeared to Joseph and said, Joseph, take the mother of the child into Egypt, for there are they that seek his life. And the Bible says Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, they left by night and they slipped out in under the cover of darkness and they headed to Egypt and they stayed there until Herod the Great died then the Lord spoke again to Joseph and he said hey they that seek the child's life he's dead King Herod had died so you can go back home now and this fulfilled the scripture out of Egypt have I called my son God's fulfilling prophecies right and left. I mean, he's providing all the proof that is necessary for sincere hearts. I mean, you know, if if you if you don't have a sincere heart, there's no amount of proof that's going to help you. But if you're sincere, if you want to know the truth, God has given us plenty so that way we can know the truth. I mean, thank God, the Bible says, "We shall know the truth and the truth shall make us free," right? So make sure your heart is a sincere heart. I want to know the truth, whatever it is. And of course, that's one of the main reasons for the Bible. It tells us the truth. It's God's Word. So they they come back. And and now it's time to take Jesus. That is, you know, it's not necessarily uh, in the right order here, but to take Jesus on the eighth day for his circumcision rite. And and now there was a man who was in the temple in jerusalem and his name was uh simeon and simeon was a devout um and a, and a faithful priest and his job was a, there was a particular role in the priesthood and the priest in those days they were kind of like uh, firemen today i mean they worked so many days and they were off so many days kind of like shifts well He had just finished the time of his duty and he was supposed to be off. But he gets up the next morning and he says, He tells his wife, He said, Well, I'm going in today. And because the Lord had spoken to Simeon and said, You'll not die until you see the Messiah. So he had that in his heart and he was getting up to be, you know, he's getting to be quite old. So he gets up the next day, he's supposed to be off, but he's restless. And in a little while, he reaches for his priestly robes. And he starts putting them on. his wife says, well, what are you doing here? You know, I, I, he said, well, I'm going to the temple. And, and she said, but it's your day off. You, you just finished your Torah duty. And, but he says, yeah, I, I get it, but I'm going to go in. And she said, oh, yeah, you don't think those young priests can handle it, do you? And he said, no, it's not that. I just have an unction to go in today. Well, you know, I can see Simeon. As he, he walked into the temple, uh, every time, and he's standing there, but every time he sees the back doors fly open, his eyes, like a magnet, are drawn. Who's coming in next? Well, about 10 o'clock in the morning, a young woman uh, and her husband steps in with a baby, and all of a sudden, his whole world comes into focus, and everything he had ever lived for, he focuses right on this baby. And the couple walked down. I'm getting goosebumps again, man. Uh, The couple walked down the aisle because this really happened. You know, this is the absolute truth, what I'm telling you today. This happened. And I'm introducing you to the one who will die for your sins. And you'll see. So they stepped forward, and the young priest uh, said, Hey, Simeon, it's your time off. We can do this. And Simeon said, No, I will take this one. And they said, Look, Simeon you're getting up in age, we can handle this." And he said, listen to me, I said, I'm taking this one. And by the time that the couple arrived to the front, his hands were trembling, because he knew what was happening. The tears were probably coursing down his face, and he said, could I please hold the baby? And he took the Messiah in his arms, the creator of the universe, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He knew who he was. And he was, he was, that God had told him, you're not going to die until you see the Messiah. And as he held this baby, he lifted up his eyes to heaven, and he said, now let thy servant depart in peace, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Folks, there were proof after proof after proof after proof of who Jesus was. And you do know the meaning of the word Jesus, don't you? It's salvation. The word Yeshua is the Hebrew word for Jesus, and it means salvation. So he said, mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Well, about that time, there was a lady who lived at the temple after her husband had died, and she decided that she wasn't remarrying and was going to serve the Lord for the rest of her life. And so she walks in, and the Spirit of the Lord moves on her, and she starts prophesying. I mean, what's happening is going to absolutely change the world. Well, Mary's watching all this, and Joseph is watching all this, and you know, if you follow the Lord, the Lord's going to let you know that he's with you, that you're in his will. And he said he said I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you, right? So this is where the salvation plan all began. And now here we live in a time when it will all culminate. Well, and we're all so privileged to be the generation upon whom the ends of the world have come." And I mean, what a wonderful blessing it is, right? So with that said, let me give you a mention from one of our sponsors and then we'll continue on. You know, with all the crazy things going on in the world right now, we, uh, uh, us as Americans, we'd love to believe that the grocery stores are always gonna be there, the shelves will be full, and, but we've seen over the last few years how supply chains can, they can collapse and food supplies can diminish very quickly. So we pray for the best, but we prepare, right? And, you know, what if there was a way you could have a, an affordable, let's say a three-month su- uh, emergency supply of food? Well, there is. Readypantry.com uh, slash end time. They offer a 25-year shelf-stable food, and they offer all kinds of different options there, not to mention the peace of mind you get knowing that you have an emergency supply of food ready for anything. Power outages, hurricanes, blackouts, grid collapses, and all kinds, of the list goes on and on. And so Ready Pantry, they're an American-based company. All their products are sourced right here in America. And you're not going to be disappointed. Many long-term food storage companies on the internet are selling products that have been in their warehouses for years, uh, but that's not Ready Pantry. So go to Ready Pantry right now, and readypantry.com slash endtime, use end, end time uh, the code word to save an additional 10% off on your order and show your pantry stock your pantry with buy now pay later options available at checkout readypantry.com slash end time
1: as a viewer of the Endtime show you're getting early access to Christmas deals starting right now do you remember that feeling you had as a kid during the holidays what experiences and gifts would you receive this year Well, the atmosphere at end time is nearly the same. We're excited because these deals are now available through the end of 2023. Why are we so thrilled? Because we know these resources transform lives and that's even more fun than Christmas, especially in these tough times. For the remainder of 2023, you can get deals like a special VIP group video call with Dave Robbins when you get understand the End Time. End Time Plus subscription for 50% off, or my personal favorite, a $10 and under sale for almost 100 different products featuring Irvin Baxter, Dave Robbins, and more. Go to endtime.com deals for a full catalog of items. You can also call 800-END-TIME. Hurry, supplies are limited. Go to endtime.com deals. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs,
0: is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning End Time Prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Isn't it exciting to talk about Jesus? I mean, I'm getting excited telling you this Christmas story Uh, And, honestly, it's really not a Christmas story. I mean, it is a story that should be told all year round. Now, there are some people that recognize and say that, you know, well, Jesus Christ was born on December 25th. Nobody knows that. The thing is, is that I still like Christmas because a lot of people will think about Jesus Christ this time of year and kind of like around Easter, when they won't any other time, a lot of people will go to church at Christmas time and Easter when they won't go the rest of the year. And so I like this time of year, and I like giving, and I like doing all that. And but the fact of the matter is, anything I can do to put Jesus on your radar, I want to do that, because without Jesus, without a relationship with Him, what 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 are you living for? Are you living for? Um, what I, I, I don't know uh, just to see how much money you can accumulate before you die I mean what's the goal in all of it let's talk about it because Jesus Christ is the reason not just the reason for this season but he's the reason for my existence without him I don't exist and so I love telling the story about his birth his life and his first coming and his second coming because that's what we're all preparing for these people back two thousand years ago they were dealing with the first coming of the messiah well guess what our generation are the ones that will deal with this second coming and it's of utmost importance that you know who he is and that he knows you and that your name is written in the lands book of life okay so moving on i'm going to jump a few spots here uh, over some different events and things and there was a time after the Herod situation that Jesus he was just being born and he was just being raised as a child I mean there was one time when his parents found him in the temple and he was uh, 12 years old and he was disputing with the doctors and discussing the law okay a 12 year old kid but it wasn't any 12 year old kid he was God and manifest in a fleshly form and then after that We don't really see Jesus again until, uh, wow, many, many, many many years later. I mean, Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 through 2, it records, um, in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John came preaching the kingdom of heaven, telling them to prepare their hearts to receive the kingdom of heaven by repenting of the kingdom of men. And he preached to them to Repent of their old ways. Repent of violating the laws of God, and prepare themselves for the laws of God, which will reign in the kingdom of heaven. And it was time for John's ministry to be launched. John was about, I think, six months older than Jesus. So there had been about 400 years of silence from the uh, from heaven. And you know, with the, from the Old Testament prophets till we get to the New, suddenly this man steps out. He's full of the Holy Ghost, and he's he's preaching like thunder. And the people had been used to going through their ritualistic practices and and spirituality, and it was just dry as a corn cob. And suddenly, this dynamic preacher comes out of the wilderness, waving his arms, and he's preaching and uh, with such anointing, and all of Judea came out to hear him. And they finally asked, "Who are you? Are you the Christ? Are you the anointed one?" And he said, "No." They 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 looked at him again. They said, "Well, are you that prophet mentioned many times in the Old Testament?" He he said, "No, I'm not." They said, "Well, are you Elijah?" And he said, "No." H- however, I will on this point John was did come in the spirit of Elijah. He didn't know who he was yet because Jesus contradicted him later when he said, uh, unto the people, I say unto you that Elias has indeed already come. And they understood that he was talking to them about John. It was already said by the angel that he would go forth in the spirit and power of Elijah. So they continued to press John and he said to them in Luke chapter 3 verse 4, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Then Isaiah prophesied concerning him in Isaiah 40, 30. John said, I am not the Messiah, but I am the one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way for the Messiah. Luke 3:16 says, John answered and saying unto them, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So there came a day when John was baptizing in the Jordan River. And Matthew 3, 13 through 15 records an extraordinary event. It says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbid him, and he said, I'm the one that needs to be baptized by you. And you come to me? What what in the world is going on here? Jesus answered and said, Well, suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he suffered him. So Jesus was baptized as an example to us. And he didn't want anyone to teach that it was not needful for anyone to be baptized. So even though Jesus did not need to be baptized for the remission of sins because he was without sin, He did so to fulfill all righteousness and as an example to those who would come after him. And Jesus wanted them to understand the significance and importance of baptism. Also, there was a supernatural sign to John. Matthew 3, verse 16 and 17 tells us what happened when Jesus was baptized. The Bible says, "Um, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went straightway up out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. <coughs> and a, and lo, a voice from heaven said, well, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Well, John said that the one who sent me to preach repentance also told me that I would know who I was preaching about when I saw whosoever the Spirit descended, or descending and remaining upon, then he would be the one who who I I had been preaching about. Well, John spent most of his ministry preaching about someone who he didn't know the identity of yet. But John now knew, when he saw the dove descend and the the voice from heaven saying, this is my son, John now knew who Jesus really was, didn't he? And John 1, 29-30, It says, the next day, John see Jesus coming unto him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. John was speaking to a Jewish crowd in this passage, and they understood all about the lambs, the Passover, and how to make sin offerings. And John was letting everyone know that, Jesus was their Passover lamb." Now, they were scratching their head on that. So, even though he was six months older, John explained, he was before me. So, Jesus, he really confused the Jews later on when he said, before Abraham was, I am. And they were really upset over this statement. But they didn't realize that Jesus was God-manifest in a fleshly form. They didn't really know who he was, right? And so, Then we come to the ministry of Jesus. Now again, for the sake of time, I'm going to skip over a few things here, but I want to introduce you to Jesus because many many people cannot recount these stories. And I'm telling you, more than than any prophecy that we could talk about today, Jesus Christ is the absolute most important thing in your life. Period. He's more important than anything, or at least I, I hope He is. If He's not, You need to move in the direction to getting him there. Because I've I've talked to many people that want to, oh, I want to spend eternity in heaven. But yet they live their life not unto the Lord, not according to the Word of God, not paying attention to Jesus Christ at all and the words he spoke in his book and how we should live as a successful Christian life. But then they get to their deathbed and or they get to where they pass away, and then, you know, everything should be all right, right? The Bible says, present your body a living sacrifice. So, when I've been taught the truth, then I've got a decision. What do I do? Do I want to ask the Lord to be the Lord of my life and to be my Savior and uh, to rule my life and me me to become... Um, compliant with the edicts that are put out in the Bible. Actually, I don't really see them as edicts. I see them as me having a wonderful Christian walk with God. But they're they're put there for protection. So I don't get out into things I shouldn't get into. Okay? And so, the ministry of Jesus. Let's go there. You know, what was Jesus' overall purpose for coming to the earth. I mean, why did Jesus come to the earth? Was it was, What caused Almighty God to decide that he would become a man and dwell among us? I mean, what were his purposes in doing that? First, he came to heal the sick. In the prophecies about his first coming, Isaiah 53 says, with his stripes we are healed. And Jesus healed many people while he was here on the earth, and he is still able to heal Today, I've seen people miraculously healed throughout my life. And uh, in our uh, tour in May of this year, we had a lady healed of cancer when we baptized her in the Jordan River. Did you hear what I said? In 2023, in May of this year, on our tour, we had a lady miraculously healed of cancer on our tour in Israel when we baptized her in the Jordan River. So God still heals today. Um, Jesus also came to preach the kingdom of God. And this this was the theme, really, of his preaching and teaching. He, He also came, look at all of his parables. The kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like that. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, synonymous terms. Same thing. Jesus Christ was always preaching the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. And he also came to bear witness of the truth. He came to let us see God manifested in a human form. He wanted us to look at a real live human being who God manifested in the flesh, so that he could see him. We could see him with our own eyes. And he came to build his church and to provide salvation for us. And finally, he came to restore sonship to the human race, which was lost by. What Adam, when Adam and Eve sinned, they lost their sonship. Jesus Christ came to restore that, so you and I, male and females out there, can be sons of God. So, you remember that um, Jesus starts to perform miracles. His first miracle was at the, uh, the uh, uh, when He turned um, water into wine at the wedding feast, and Jesus, after that, he, did, he just did one miracle after another. I mean, He opened blinded eyes, caused the lame to walk, He caused the deaf to hear, and He cleansed lepers, and He fed 5,000 with nothing but five loaves and two fishes. He raised the dead more than once, and the most famous one, uh, man that He raised from the dead was uh, Lazarus, and many people became Christians as a result of these miracles, right? And Jesus did many mighty miracles, and He came to let us know that he is a worker of miracles. There's nothing he cannot do. And he is still able to heal you and me and supply whatever we have need of in 2023. But if you don't know Jesus, you won't even ask him for it, right? That's what I'm here to do today and tomorrow is to introduce you to Jesus Christ. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2500 year old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear the combined beast from revelation 13 represents the end time government of the antichrist understanding the end time now streaming on end time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash uet go to endtime.com slash uet or call 800 end time
1: End time is not going anywhere. Oh,
0: everybody! Don't you want to know Jesus Christ? I mean, one thing I will tell you, here at End Time Ministries, we have prayer and devotions every morning for an hour. Our entire team gathers, and we have many, many, many prayer requests that come in. People that believe God does still heal, deliver, and can save them. And there's things going on in people's lives, okay? So, we get prayer requests in here. Guess what? We pray for all of them. We ask, we call out everybody's name. And we you would not believe how many emails and phone calls that we've got over the years that said, hey, you guys prayed, and my husband got that job. Uh, my daughter was healed. Um, this happened, and, uh, you know, uh, God delivered me from this drug or what deliver me from this pornography addiction or any of that kind of stuff you say I didn't realize that was possible that's why I want to put Jesus on your radar because God can heal he can deliver he can save you <clears throat> I don't care what situation you're in you say well my marriage is almost gone God can put that back together uh, I, I'm backslid Dave God hates me. That's a lie from Satan. You can come back. Come on back into the church. What are you waiting on? God loves you. He will, God, Jesus Christ is the one that told the parable of the prodigal son. Come on back. He loves you. He will be there waiting for you. You say, Dave, you don't know what I've done. I don't care what you've done. I've done embarrassing stuff in my life too. But you know what? There came a time when I had to go back to a church and say, God, I'm sorry. I've been, I've been dumb, for lack of a better word, and I've done some dumb things, and I need your mercy. The Bible says His mercy endureth forever. You, you think you're the only one that God, uh, you know, out of all the other eight billion people, God just singled you out and said, no, nah, I won't forgive them. That's a lie from Satan. Come back, get your healing, get your deliverance, get salvation, come back into church, have a right relationship with God, live a wonderful Christian life, it's available for every single person listening to me today. I've known people that have done horrific stuff in their life and God saved them out of all that. Don't let Satan lie to you and tell you that he can't save you. That's nonsense. Satan's been telling people that for 6,000 years now, during all of human existence. Satan is a master deceiver. If Satan's in the mix, you're going to get lied to. Just face it. So, come to Jesus. He will never lie to you. And so, I'm trying to put Jesus on your radar. But we've got to get him out of the Bible, and we've got to get him into our life. Okay? i got to get Jesus to where he's talking to me. He's leading and guiding my life. He's helping me through times of turmoil and things that I'm going through in this. I'm still in a fleshly body, so i am got to go through stuff. And God, G- Jesus has never, ever, ever, ever failed me. Never. Never. He's answered so many prayers for me. He's helped me. He has loved me through times of horrific things I went through in my life. And... Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, he's the answer. You say, "No, we got to get Donald Trump reelected, and the government, and we, we you know, we got to ha- handle this, that, and the other." L- listen, listen, I, I, get all that stuff. It's a mess. But the answer to true peace. Let's say we had a perfect government, and a, uh, you had billions of dollars in the bank, and all this other. Let's say you in this in the um, secular mindset that you had a perfect life there's still going to be a void in you that you cannot fill without Almighty God. There's a God void in every single person. There are people that like to try to fill that with alcohol, drugs, uh, money, uh, promiscuous living, um, you know, uh, sports. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with sports. I'm just saying, some people, it's their God. And, uh, you know, just whatever. But I'm telling you, there is a void in every person's life that you cannot fill without God. And I want to introduce you to him today. His name is Jesus. Very important. And Jesus should be on your radar. Guess what happens in the near future when the clouds split open and that trumpet sounds and he gathers the elect unto him? Guess who that will be? Jesus Christ. Now, when that trumpet sounds, Dave Robbins, I want my feet leaving the ground. How does that work? How can I get that to happen? I got to be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man's born again can enter or see the kingdom of God. I can't live this helter skelter lifestyle my whole life, not paying any attention to God, not reading His Word, and then expect to someday walk into the pearly gates because uh, just some. Um, by the hair of my chinny chin chin okay we've got to get our priorities right in this life we've got to make sure that we're living for God I have a relationship with God and I'm going to spend I want to spend eternity with him I mean that's what the Bible's for if we could all live however we wanted to let's throw the Bible in the trash and go party right it nope, doesn't work like that some people think it does but it doesn't I've got to know Jesus Christ, and I've got to have Him know me. Remember, the Bible says there will be people that stand before Him someday, and He's going to say, I don't even know you. Now, I don't want that to happen to me, and I don't want it to happen to you because you believe some lie that Satan told you. Can't have that. Satan is a liar, folks. All he wants to do is to destroy you. Don't listen to him. Uh, If there's a voice that's saying, oh, I can't make it in church, that's Satan. Oh, the, the roof would fall in if I walked into a church, that's Satan. Satan doesn't want you to go anywhere near the house of God. He doesn't want you reading his Bible. So he'll say, well, the Bible's boring. And, you know, the Bible doesn't have anything for me. That's not God saying that. That's Satan telling you that. Satan wants you to go to hell where he's going. And the Antichrist and the false prophet are going, Oh, well, you know, why am I doing this today? Because we love you guys. I love every single person listening to me. If I didn't love you, then I wouldn't tell you the truth. We could talk about all kinds of stuff today. But we love you guys. Everybody here at End Time loves every single person. When we say we'll pray for you, we pray for you. And I expect God to answer the request according to God's will. I pray in Jesus' name. The Bible says all you do in word or deed, do in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's how we pray. So, we all, I want to go to heaven, I want my family to go to heaven, and I want everybody else I can get my hands on to go to heaven. So I've got to tell you the truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, I know we're dealing with inflation and gas prices and, uh, you know, the, this crazy government that we've got and war, room, wars and rumors of wars going around the world and CBDCs and all this other mess. I, I get it. It's called life. But above all that, I've got to have Jesus Christ right here in my mind and right here in my heart because I'm going to want to spend eternity with him someday, and I've got to know him. And he's got to know me. And so, we've got to put Jesus on our radar. Okay, let's talk about the kingdom of God. Now, I'm, I'm going to finish this tomorrow. I don't know how far I'll get today. But we have the birth of Jesus. We have the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. And that's another thing. The life and teachings of Jesus Christ. If you guys have not been through the Jerusalem Prophecy College, oh my goodness, you are missing it. The the, the Jerusalem Prophecy College, we don't talk about it that much. We've got over 5,000 students going through that, but it's online, JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. You want to know God? Go on there and take those courses. They're very cheap, and the courses are Understanding the Bible, Keys to Spiritual Growth, Life and Teachings of Jesus Christ, and Satan Defeated, Sonship Restored. If you don't understand those principles, that I just mentioned there, and understand the, the um, thesis of the Bible, I'm, I'm encouraging you, over the holidays, start going through some of the courses at JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. Man, I would. everybody needs to go through that. It's very cheap. And we made it cheap enough to where everybody could do it, <clears throat> but I'm telling you, there. my father-in-law teaches it, and he teaches things that I've never heard anywhere else in the whole wide world ever. In all the books I've read, in all the messages I've heard, thousands of messages, all the conferences I've been through, my father-in-law teaches things that you're not going to hear anywhere else. It's in JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. So go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com, sign up for it, enroll, and start taking your first semester. It's really cool. Watch the DVDs, go through the quizzes, And I'm telling you, you will glean. You want to know God, go through JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. It's designed to help you know God, in essence. I know of no better course than JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. It's really awesome. We've got thousands and thousands of people that have been through that. And uh, what a great course that is. So... The kingdom of God, and I'm, I'm going to, I'll probably dive right back in here tomorrow, but I'm introducing you to Jesus Christ. But the kingdom of God is simply this the God of heaven is coming back before very long to establish his kingdom here on the earth. Let me show you how to be a part of that kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. That was Jesus' message. That was the apostles' message. He sent them to teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. So, any God called man or woman who is called to preach or teach today guess what they're called to preach and teach the gospel of the kingdom of god i preach and teach it everywhere i go because if you if if you are going to have an opportunity to be saved then you need to understand the gospel of the kingdom of god and it's it's very very important so this is part one of um, the, me introducing you to Jesus Christ. This is part one of Jesus, the hope of the world. Tomorrow we'll do part two, Jesus, the hope of the world. And because uh, if you understood every prophecy, but you didn't know Jesus, and there, there's, you, that's possible, then you're not going to make it. But I want you to make it. If you don't understand any of the prophecies, but yet you know Jesus, and when that trumpet sounds, your feet leave the ground, you are a smashing success. And so, this, the rest of this year and next year, I'm going to make sure that I introduce more people to Jesus Christ than I've ever have in my entire life, and I want you to be included on that list. God bless.